0: Hello, my dear friends, welcome back to the Share Your Story podcast. I'm your host, Ellie B. I hope your 2024 is starting off well. I have sadly been in bed with a bug, so I apologize that this episode is up later than usual. Today on the show, I'm excited to share part one of my conversation with my Aunt Laura. Laura, or Lala, as so many of us like to call her, is the youngest of my mom's three siblings, wife to Craig, mom to Madeline Emma and their sweet dog, Wheezy, and owner of Laura Meeks Interior Design. This episode is full of funny stories of growing up as the youngest of four and raising two girls at the same time as my mom. But you'll also hear so much about Laura's journey with the Lord and walking out her faith through the various seasons of life. I've really learned so much throughout this episode, and I know you will too. So, without further ado, here's part one of my conversation with my aunt Laura. Okay, Lala, Aunt Lala, Aunt Laura, yeah. Skuz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> I feel like you have so many nicknames.
1: (laughs) I really do. And some of them are so bizarre.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite one? Lala. Yeah. Yeah. And that started from
1: Nor Jane? Well, it actually started from my dad's, one of my dad's best friends called (gasps) me that as a child. And I loved it. And he, he would say, hey, Lala. And I loved it. He was the only one that ever called me Lala, but um, so I, it stayed with me. And so then when, when, when Nora Jane needed something to call me, I was like, how about Lala? I did not realize that's where uh-huh. it came from. Dr. Trotter. Oh, Dr. Trotter. Dr. Trotter. Oh He was gosh. like my, one of my favorite friend of my dad's. Yeah. Yeah. He's he so, so me sweet. Lala. He only ever called me Lala. My grandmother called me Lollipop. I loved that. She never said my name. I was Lollipop. My dad only called me Lolita. Loved that. Never said Laura. Ever.
0: And Laura's such a simple name in the sense that it doesn't necessarily require a nickname. Like, Mary Claire is two full names, which you would think. But you have so many pretty ones. So many nicknames. Ellie is not as fun because kids rhyme it with jelly and belly and... (laughs) they're not as flattering as lollipop. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: The L's, the L's, you know, make it easy. I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, it's so funny because growing up, I think I was always under the impression that I was so my mom that I had like my mom and I were like carbon copies of each other. And in some ways we very much are because we used to call each other, um, Two bodies, one brain, because I think we process and think a lot of things alike. But growing up, I think I realized how much of like elements of you that I had that I didn't fully understand when I was little. Like, we love an outfit. We love to host and be the center of attention and all those fun little things that my mom never understood. And I think as sibling dynamics, too, that was something for y'all that you complimented each other really well because you didn't get the other side. And I just remember my mom always asking you questions of like, I don't know how to put put an outfit together.
1: How am I going to do this? <laughs> well, it's funny because my my dad was the fashionista. Really? Oh, he was such a he was such a clothes horse and had so much style. And he would say, "Well, Olita, I got voted best dressed again at the hospital." You know, <laughs> it it was, he, it was very much his thing, and he would go on you know trips and bring home like. Beautiful outfits for all of us. Like, wow. My dad is good at that. Like four children. And he would bring back like beautiful outfits.
0: I don't think I ever knew that. Mm -hmm. Also,
1: to be voted best dressed at the hospital when you're a
0: surgeon, he must have really been walking in with some Many years in a row. Before
1: before changing into scrubs. I think he secretly ran for it every year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to make quite the impression though. Because aren't you in scrubs most of the day? Yeah. Yeah. So his little walk well, in, th- walk out, the rounds, during oh, rounds, so true during rounds.
1: Yeah, and he, um, I said, "Daddy, who votes?" He was like, "The nurses." <laughs>
0: <laughs> makes the yeah. most sense.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. How cute. Total fashionista. He had more shoes than my mom. Oh, you know? definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like growing up being the youngest of four?
1: The best. Love my position. Yeah. Wouldn't trade it. Um I um of course I think to the to the older three, I was the rotten one, the brat, <laughs> daddy's favorite. <laughs> Very obvious. Knew that, loved it, owned it. You know.
0: It's I feel like that's a younger sibling
1: like, yeah. Like trait. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was the kind of the thorn in my mom's side as a young child Mm. because she would, my dad would come home and um, she'd say, you don't understand how bad she was. And he'd say, oh, she's just a baby. (laughs) And (laughs) he would excuse every bad thing about me. (laughs) And one day he came home and I didn't know he was home and I was evidently throwing a royal tantrum. And he, he watched the whole thing. I think his um, jaw was to the floor, but I have a dear friend that um, much later in life when I was going through prayer ministry and um, <laughs> the, the the guy doing the prayer ministry, she said, so you think you're special? Uh-uh. And I was like, there was something so deep in me that is so special because my dad treated me like I was so special. I mean, that thing oh had to my be. gosh! No, but it's taken out. Yes, well, that's
0: the purpose of sanctification. We go through it, but that's also a really sweet thing because a lot of people growing up don't think they're special in any which way, and there is something to that kind of confidence that allows you to walk through life that way.
1: That is hysterical. Well, I'll, I'll never forget it because I, um, I remember telling your mom. That when he said it to me, I felt like I was in a glass bubble and he took a hammer and just went <laughs> and shattered it. And I was like, I mean, I think I walked around for days thinking, I've been special. Like I'm just like, I had a little special complex. Oh, like my in gosh. a way, I don't know how to explain it, but it's yeah. something my dad made me, you know, yeah. feel. like that-
0: the popping of the glass or the hammering of the glass yeah. feels a very, like a very it, Pixar movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. it
1: would. But then, you know, as the Lord would, He re- I, it's like I had to understand that kind of special is not of the Lord. Yeah. But then he then he redeemed it and made me very much understand that I am... I am special. Right. All his children are special. Right. And we are special because we are his. So he 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 redeemed it in the most beautiful way, but it was it was a process.
0: Oh, I think about that all the time because my biggest thing was I grew up, especially as a dancer, like wanting to be front and center on the stage. And I always used to tell my mom, like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be famous and thought it was going to be all these grand ways. And it was through her being like, there's something that the Lord has there for you that maybe like you'll have some sort of. Platform, whatever that means and whatever that looks like, whether that's just even in your individual life. But for me, I thought it was like, no, I'm supposed to be in the center stage and that had to be redeemed. But the quality had to be there in order for your calling to come through. You know, like it's it's not that the specialness or the I'm going to be famous is completely wrong. Like he's the one who
1: planted it there. It just has to be pruned. Yeah. And I'm not that kind of center. I can't stand to be on right. stage perform I will yeah. not karaoke yeah. you know I'm not the person to get up on stage yeah there's many funny stories yeah. of me having a solo and I literally just stared no <laughs> words came out of my mouth um so I don't like that yeah, kind that. Of attention, yeah. but I love the attention from my loved ones yeah it's more like that yeah like a you know, like I yeah. like to be the center when I'm with my people. People,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that. I totally get had it. to be same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. To burst it all. No kidding. <laughs> all, the all of them? All of them. I feel like as growing up though, and still now, y'all as siblings are so so close, and you don't always find that. Why do you think y'all stayed so close? Or what was it when y'all were younger that you think bonded y'all so closely?
1: You know. So I would say we had such a, I feel like we had a unique situation with my father being foreign, Mm. you know, he was from a Colombian community Yeah, and they were all, all the families that we did things with, they were, both parents were Colombian. So the kids were very Colombian. And then my mom being Southern, right? um, it was just kind of a, we always knew that my parents were like Ricky and Lucy, like there was something special (laughs) about it. Mm. Um, so then here we were, we were the only four, like that didn't speak fluent Spanish. We didn't, you know, and, and Jane, your mom was always, um, denial that she was Hispanic (laughs) in any form or (laughs) fashion. And we had lots of, you know, my dad was a little bit of a Captain Von Trapp Mm. in a lot of ways. And we had, uh, he would, you know, in the summers, he didn't, he didn't like that we would sleep late. So he would get us up. 6 a.m. the four of us to do calisthenics and he would time everything and I you know I Richard and I thought it was the most fun and then he'd leave for the hospital and we'd go back to sleep and I was I would tell people that story because I thought it was so funny and Jane was like don't tell people that it's so weird I'm like it's not weird it's hysterical and she's like no not but anyway I, I just think we were an unusual maybe yeah family yeah because of the dynamics. And then my parents, you know, didn't have a healthy marriage, did not have a mm. good marriage. It was a very dysfunctional marriage. So I think that brought the four of us yeah. closer right. to kind of cling to each other because of the instability. Yeah. But we were always, my parents were very good at, they were very loving parents. Right. So we felt very loved by our parents. Right. So we knew how to be loving because they were very loving. Mm-hmm. They just weren't living to each other sincerely. Yeah. So it's just strange dynamic, but um when it was when it was good, it was good. When it was good, I felt like the Brady Bunch. But yeah. when it was bad, it was so bad. Yeah. And I think those those traumatic experiences they either break you apart or they make you stronger. And it, I think it really made the four of us strong. Yeah um because we are exceptionally close and i don't think i thought that was any different than any other family until i got older right i'm still that close to every single one of them and um jane and i being inseparable you know right um people would say i i i love how close you are to your how close you and jane are or how close you are to your yeah. brother or how close you are to your your sisters and yeah I remember thinking, isn't everybody, you know, right. like it's
0: just uh, right. You know anything At, differently, you know. Exactly. I think that was similar to now people have probably heard our episode with Madeline and Emma, how we were like, cousins go to school with each other. Or,
1: what do you mean? Like, we didn't think. <laughs> hey, I set the record straight. <laughs> Jane and I did not come up with that idea. It was presented to us by the children and we went with it. <laughs> but we did not say, let's send them to school with them so we can shop. <laughs>
0: So it was genius on all sides. (laughs) Genius on all sides. (laughs) Collaboration, collaboration. I like that. But that it was so true for us too. Like I don't think we knew that people didn't always like. I think all of our vacations together, we thought spring break is when we go to Naples and we go hang out with um, Ruthie and Mm -hmm. Poncho and Mm -hmm. Annalise and Lauren and Alex. When we go to Atlanta and have a fun time, we're always going to see Richard and maybe like y'all will come in town from Athens. Like it was always almost on a calendar, we did everything together and it, yeah. And yeah. it never yeah. seemed I, I, similar to you. I feel like when I would tell friends and whatnot in elementary, middle school, any of that stuff,
1: I never knew that that's not what everybody did. Right. Right. Like we lived to be with our cousins. Yeah. You know, or y'all lived to be with your cousins and yeah. we lived to be with our siblings. And if I ever want to, I remember saying, well, if I ever travel, I mean, I, that's who I want to travel with. You know, it just never dawned on me to do spring break without y'all or to do. Right. And now that you even say
0: that out loud, I think it kind of clicks even more of uh, our assumption was always that we're going to do things together. Like, I think we never had an idea of like, we're going on this trip. It was like, well, which are we switching off with? Like, which family or is there going to be a way to do it all together? Yeah. Even for holidays, any time off, any of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Craig and Stuart just had to go with it in poncho. (laughs) What's new? Just the way it is. (laughs) At least there was usually golf involved for them. That that helped at each location. Craig trying to fathom Jane and I's need to talk every day, all day, be together every every chance we could. He we would sit there, and this is back when you paid long distance (laughs) for your phone calls. Yeah, and Jane and I would sit there on the phone and watch like five episodes of Bewitched together on the phone. And they would get the bill and we would be in, she, I'd be like, I'm not gonna be able to talk tomorrow. Craig's so mad at me. And she'd be like, I know, Stuart's so mad at me. And then we'd, then we'd talk for an hour. <laughs> oh my God, it's the best day in our lives when that long distance thing went away. We were like, yeah. <laughs>
0: that is so funny because it was always, again, second nature that we knew Y'all would be on the phone four hours. And it's not that it stopped everything. Like y'all didn't, even when we were little, y'all didn't just sit somewhere and be on the phone. Like, no. It was almost just an extension of whatever's going on. Like yeah. my mom was still making lunches or yeah. we're running around yeah. with errands, but we just know what's going yeah. on on the phone at all the time.
1: My favorite is Jane and I, y'all would, you and Madeline, when you were little, like three, were so into Barney. And oh, so yeah. we would stay on the phone while y'all watched Barney. and. <laughs> We would be like, oh my gosh, that Julie is so on my nerves today. <laughs> <And> we <we're laughs> sat there and about the children that were on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: It's so such funny. a fun way to do life together when you don't live because <laughs> y'all are six hours away.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's brutal. We used to pray all the time that God would work it out so we could live in the same town and yeah. the neighbors to be together. And we finally like, I don't know, 10 years into being moms with realizing it was never going to happen. We were like, you know, I think it's because when we're together, we literally have no need for other people. Mm. Like we don't right. need our husbands. We don't need our friends. We don't need our children. We just, we like being together. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I think it was a big, no, that's not going to be <laughs> the best thing for you two to live in the same town. <laughs> that- well, what
0: was it like? Because y'all, I mean, had girls almost back to back to back mm-hmm. of each other. And but first, it was like my mom. I know was married earlier because she was older than you by three years. Three years, right?
1: Oh, older than me by yes, yeah. three years. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then she had been trying to have kids for a long time, and that's a yeah. whole other
1: story. Um. And then that's my testimony. You know? That's how I, that's how I, my eyes got open to the Lord was. Was through that? Was through your mom's ability because um, she tried for, I think, like seven years, Yeah, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and Craig and I had been married two years and actually mentioned, maybe we're ready to try and bam. Yeah, And I I was, we were here, we were in Jacksonville visiting and I was with your mom. And she was like, I I think you might need to take a pregnancy test. Really? And um, so she was with me and it was positive. And she said later, she said her heart just broke. Yeah. And she said she heard the Lord because she was walking so closely with the Lord at this point. She said she heard him say, choose joy. Choose joy, yeah. And so she, it was like she was at a crossroads, and she was so precious and so excited for me. And Mm. um, and then she, you know, was having such a hard time getting pregnant. It really quite impossible. And I kind of, and I remember she kept saying, "Well, we're praying about it." And I was like, "Praying?" (laughs) (laughs) And I'd call Ruthie, and she'd be like, "I mean, what are they going to do?" And I'm like, "They're praying," like. (laughs) And Ruth was like. That's it? I'm like, yeah. Like, what is that? You know, we were <laughs> and and they went to some church service. You yeah, know, your mom has a whole story. That's another yeah. story. But yeah. About how they, they said if Y'all are ready to get pregnant. We're gonna we're about to pray and it's it'll happen. And I remember Jane calling me and I was four months pregnant. Yeah. And she called me and said, I'm pregnant. And I was like, I, I fell, like fell into the chair, like, what? And what a gift. We had girls together and we had second girls together. Yeah. And at that point I I really was like, wow, because you know, Pancho being an OBGYN and knowing what the conditions were, he's like, I mean, it would take a miracle for them to have a baby. And that's what they were told. And that's what they were told. And so we had y'all together, you know, got two girls raised, we're raising them. And then at that point, I was on a journey with the Lord and I was learning so much about him and about prayer and the power of prayer and how much, how near he is and how intimate it all is. And, yeah. and I'll never forget two years later, Jane's like, I really want another baby. Yeah. But I feel like the Lord's going, I gave you one, be happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound like the Lord you keep telling me about. <laughs> I literally said that. To her. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like the God you've told me about. Mm-hmm. I mean. There's nothing wrong with wanting more children. Right. And she was like, Really? And I was like, Well, if everything you've told me about him is true, then why would you think that? And she was Mm -hmm. like, Okay. And so the prayer started, Uh and there came Mary Claire. Right. And well, even going back,
0: it's crazy the way that God uses other people to help us through because, you know, you say like they were trying for seven years, and that's, you know, me sitting across from you. I am that person that came out of (laughs) that prayer, which is so crazy. But seven years is a long time. Seven years where you walked along your sister of her saying, I can't have kids. Mm -hmm. And they had bad news after bad news because it was like both of them were going to be completely incapable. And I'm pretty sure they did IVF once. No, they never did. No, okay. they they never did. Maybe
1: maybe they were told to try it and said no, but it's like. Yeah, they were told that, which they couldn't afford. It it was like crazy expensive. And they, um, everybody kept telling your mom to adopt. Yeah. And she was like, if one more person tells me I need to adopt, maybe I'm meant to adopt. And she said, it makes me feel like a horrible person. I I think it's wonderful to adopt. She's like, I want my own child. I want my own child. And then she had a spiritual mentor that said, Jane, have you asked the Lord for a sign? And she was like can I do that? And she was yeah. like, of course you can. And she said, ask him if, if, if you're meant to have your own child to give you a sign. Right. She's like, he'll right. answer you. And right. So she, she prayed and had a dream and all she could see was a, a baby in a womb and, and she's staring at it and she just kept thinking, is it mine?
0: Is right. it mine? And then she yeah. heard the
1: Lord say, it's yours. Wow. So she knew. She right. knew she'd have one, which right. built her faith up, and then
0: right because that's seven years is again such a long time. That's like long. seven weeks is a long time, seven months is a long time, seven years. Yeah, but to see, you know, that's just the way he works in perspective. Where now you're like, well, it's because we had babies four months apart, and our lives would look so different if Madeline and I weren't four months apart. Yeah, and it also five years apart or... yeah, and it's also that cemented y'all's bond of walking with that together. And that was what increased your faith. And, you know, it's like that stuff that feels, which I know I'll be swallowing some of my own words a, a few years from now, but it's that stuff that feels so unkind that he would make her wait seven years or that he would, but it was part of the journey, not just for her story, but for yours. Right.
1: If that's how you met Jesus, you know? Exactly. It's how she met him. Yeah. And it's how I met him. Right. You know, and then it's like I'll never forget she was like I moved she kept trying to tell me to get in a Bible study. I was like, Yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I moved to Athens. I wanted to move to Athens. Mm. We we fell in love with the house and I remember like <laughs> laying in bed and I was like, All right, Lord, um, I'll make a deal with you. <laughs> I'll join a Bible study if you'll let us moved to Athens to get this mm. house. Yeah. And, um, I think I'd been to Athens. I think I'd lived in Athens like two weeks and I got invited to a baby shower. And I think I'd been to the baby shower two minutes. And this dear friend right now, I didn't know her at yeah. the time, introduced herself. And she's like, um, it's um, bring a friend to Bible study week. I would love for you to join <laughs> me. And I, I'll never forget, I felt like there was a spotlight on my head from the <laughs> heavens. And I was like, uh okay and i literally said to myself to him in my head wow that was fast (laughs) like i forgot i made a deal with you you're really gonna hold me to it
0: yeah yeah one of the things i love um admire and learn so much from is your honest relationship with the lord because i feel like y'all have such a rapport like if, (laughs) if that makes sense and i don't know if part of it is like we love movies so much and we love to quote tv shows and all that kind of stuff but isn't it you who used to always do this like you were think you were watching a oh, speech yeah. bubble it's
1: like you yeah think that I'm bored with their conversation when they're talking yeah. to me because I'm so visual like they're telling when they're talking I'm I have to look up and you tell your it. yeah they you, think I'm uninterested in what they're saying.
0: Yeah. You like tilt your head yeah. and your eyes go up almost as if there's a speech bubble coming out of your head and you're watching stuff play. Yeah. out. And I, I feel like I remember, cause I'm an observant yeah. person. I feel like I remember saying that yeah. to you in white ways one time when we were little, I was like, it's like, you're looking at something. You're like, cause there's like a bubble here. <laughs> uh,
1: and I really think I, I probably offend people to this day. They think I'm not listening or like bored But I'm, 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 I'm not, not only am I listening, but I'm focusing and trying to get the image of what they're saying. Yeah, I love it. And and they'll be like, well, it's nice talking to you. Um, Fine. I I, I was really trying to
0: imagine it. Right. Really get in it. Like, listen even more intently. But how do you feel like that relationship with the Lord developed? Because I feel like you really are, like, even that, and, and that's just how he works. But the timeline even of seeing, like, Oh, you moved into this house and two weeks later it's like invite a friend to Bible study. It could not be more obvious.
1: And that's how our my journey was with him. Like Mm -hmm. Jane would say, You have got to write these things down because she was so blown away at what my journey looked like once I let him in, once I opened that door. So I go to Bible study with this new friend. Yeah. I mean, like a week later, I was like, (laughs) Oh my god. Like I don't even think I I did own a Bible because Jane gave me one. And I always believed in God. I just didn't, I just had zero understanding. Yeah. And never really read the Bible. Right. So I have a Bible because Jane gave me one. She was teaching me. I was learning, but I was just, this was like, okay. Uh Um, So I go to this Bible study. We drove 45 minutes. It's nothing but women in Bibles, Bibles in their hand, big Coliseum church, never been in anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Sat down. We were like on the front row. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> so I'm sitting there with my friend, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I start to panic, and I'm like, uh, I don't know anything. Like, I don't even know what's. I, I don't know anything about the Bible. Like, I'm right. about to be so. And you feel like you have to show up with something because yeah. it feels almost intimidating. And i am yeah, so intimidated. Yeah, and um, this person gets up to speak and she's like you know welcome to bsf and we're gonna start she's like this year we are doing genesis the very first chapter of the bible so let's open up to chapter one page one verse one of chapter one and i remember going i remember feeling like i like the lord had i could feel him smiling at me (laughs) like and i thought okay you know Reminds me
0: of Sound of Music. Let's start from the very beginning, the very first place to start. (laughs) And
1: and my entire journey with him looks like that. Yeah. I truly, he, I walk, not of any part of my own, but I feel like he's just, that's just what it looks like to the point where I got so spoiled by that. Goodness in that yeah. relationship. And I remember Jane would say, you know, when the Lord's drawing you, he 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 woos you, and he, I was so wooed. I was so yeah. consumed right. because I couldn't believe. I mean, I, I could tell you some really funny little stories, and I, yeah. I should share a few just because it's yeah. hysterical and it, yeah. it explains why my journey got so fast and furious. Mm. As I, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I remember at one point. A couple of years into my relationship and my walk with the Lord and my prayer life, I was frustrated. And your mom goes, "You know, he's not a fairy godmother," (laughs) because I had gotten kind of (laughs) rotten with my expectations.
0: You are like, we make deals all the time. I sign on the dotted line. I got a house. I go to Bible study. We (laughs) pretty much get everything I want. And Um, it's also so that special place, like uh, your dad. You know, I mean, you're the special one.
1: Yeah. 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 Like, oh, the stories I could tell you. Yeah. That feed that. And so that's why fast forward five years and I'm in healing ministry. He's like, you think you're special? <laughs> he's like, you're special. You're like, no, I no, like but I, yes, I, I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know me. <laughs> Daddy says I'm special. <laughs> hey, dad says I'm special. <laughs> My goodness. I think Jane asked me one time she goes what is your testimony It was years later and I said I think I didn't understand how much of a fearful person I was mm. I had a lot of fear like in 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 a big way like yeah. just just vulnerable in a big dark world feeling. Yeah and Jane yeah told me how personal and loving and faithful God is. And then I quickly started to experience it myself. Right. I said, I think, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, the faith of a child. Mm -hmm. I said, I think I just, I was like, oh, and so I have the faith of a child, like a child that when a child believes in Santa Claus, there's no... You just believe. Right. Um, And so I just, there was nothing that I didn't take to him, talk to him about, expect from him, (laughs) ask of him. And he just kept blowing my mind, even with the tiniest prayers. I mean, tiny little prayers. And I remember 20 years later teaching Sunday school and trying to explain that to the Wanting the youth to understand, like, there's nothing you can't pray about. In fact, when you pray about every little thing, and you see His faithfulness in every little thing, when the big things come, you're so prepared, because you have no reason not to trust Him. And I remember one time, I was very disappointed in something that the Lord had worked out for me, and then it kind of fell apart at the last minute. And I remember telling Jane, like, I don't know why he would do that. And she said, well, he you got, it got canceled because somebody else had something really dire. So you got put on the back burner. And she, I said, but I, I so desperately needed it. And she said, but someone's life was in danger. It's hard to explain. But yeah. he's like, she's like, don't you think if your life was in danger, he would have put you, he would have made sure it happened. Anyway, right. I'm not saying it right. No, 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 no. But... You know, then it became an, a new level of trust and faith when it doesn't turn out exactly like I expected it to. Because I went for no years where he literally answered every single time yeah. prayer exactly like I hoped. Really? You know. So then I Wait, then like, the next Tell phase me some of, my of those. Dream, oh my heavens! Um. So <laughs> let's see. Oh, I had one a minute ago, and I, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell that." And it left me for a minute, but oh, yeah. I remember I used to lose things all the time and it drove, <laughs> yeah. still drives Craig crazy. Yeah. And, um, I would lose my car keys all the time. And one day I couldn't find my car keys and Craig's like, where are your keys? And I was like, "Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I can't find them. And he was like, oh. and so <laughs> he'd ask like every hour on the hour, did you find your keys? Did you find your keys? And I'm like, no. And I remember saying, "Okay, Lord, where are my keys? You know where my keys are. So I need yeah. you to show me where my keys are. I'm in trouble." Yeah. And um and still didn't find them. A day went by, still didn't find them. I guess, and every time Craig would ask, I'd say, "Jesus, where are my keys? You have yeah. to show me where my keys are. Like you're you can see them with your eyes. I can't see them with my eyes. Show <laughs> yeah. me where the keys are." And so 3 days went by. And Craig is like, Find your keys yet, you know, because back then it was such an ordeal if you you only had, only had one set <laughs> no so I was like, no, and I so that was like the third day, and it was pouring rain, and um Craig and I have been driving around Athens kind of looking for a house for his sister, so we've uh-huh. done a lot of driving and um we were pulling up the stop sign, and I, I thought to myself, he's going to ask me, he's going to ask me yeah my keys. Like, Lord, do something. And all of a sudden we're pulling up at a stop sign. And all of a sudden the Lord puts a memory of, in my head of me having the girls in the driveway because they wanted to ride their scooter. And I had my keys in my hand and I set them on the roof of my car. Uh uh-uh. Like in, in a flash, that memory came, came to me and Craig pulls up at the stop sign and he goes, did you find your keys? And it's pouring rain and it had been yeah. pouring rain for like three days. Yeah. And I didn't answer him. I opened the car door. I, I stepped on the. Yeah. The. Like. Footboard. Yeah. And I, I lifted up and my keys, not only were they on the roof of my car, but they were at the edge with two keys hanging onto the wind, hanging over the windshield and the key fob, like on the roof. Oh. In the pouring rain for three days. And we had been driving around. And I, my, my eyes popped out of my head. I grabbed my keys. I got in the car. And I go, yep, I found them. <laughs> <laughs> and I had another time I lost my keys and I had to be somewhere. And I said, Lord, where are my keys? Where are my keys? And I had looked for an hour and I was going to be late for something important and maybe picking the kids up. I can't remember. And <laughs> yeah. I said, I need you to tell me. And I kept hearing in the chest. In the chest. And I was like, I don't I don't put keys in the chest. Like I kept ignoring it. Yeah. And I kept and I kept saying, Where are my keys? I need you to tell me right now. And yeah. I kept hearing, in the chest. And I was like, I don't put keys in the chest. So finally I went and opened this chest where we used to keep key, spare keys and uh-huh. tools and things like that. And I'm looking, and I'm like, there's no keys. There's no keys. And I see this weird Volvo key. Because that Volvo, Yeah. But it was like a plastic thing. And I was like what is that? <laughs> and it was, it was a spare that Volvo gave you in case right. you couldn't get into your car. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm. So I, I, got, I took it and I opened my car and my keys were in my. <laughs> the car. So he showed me where the spare was. Yes. To go get my key out of the, I mean, like. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. No kidding. And it, but it's like it's that close relationship with him that even when you were ignoring him, I think sometimes I'm so guilty of being like, well, you're not giving me the exact right answer that is giving me the solve to the problem. But it's like he's like, no, no, no. I'm still talking to you. I'm still giving you the problem. You just got to walk with me. You got to work with me here a little bit.
1: Oh, my goodness. It's so true. Yeah. It's so fun. And I really could write a book on just the faithfulness in the tiniest little yeah. things. So when, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but when did that kind of shift for
0: you of like, he's not the fairy godmother?
1: So of course your mom, who, yeah. was, who was leading me would say, you know, I started, oh, like Madeline started to drive and she got in a wreck. And I had literally asked the Lord to protect her and command his angels concerning her. She was a new driver. She had him in the car. I was, you know, and they turned the corner and they get back. And I was so upset with him. I was like, I I prayed specifically. Mm. And I was so upset. And Jane was like, i was so mad at him. Yeah. And she was like, but they're they're okay. He did protect him. And I'm like, well, they got in a wreck. She goes, but they're okay.
0: And she's uh like, Laura,
1: you, you, life isn't going to be perfect. We're in a fallen Mm. world. Bad things are going. Yeah, she's like. But did protect your children in it? Yes, Mm. you know. And so it. I was. I remember thinking, but I don't like that because that rocks my whole belief that he. I ask, he gives. Right. Then I had to go through this whole next season of going through trial and suffering, going through disappointments, going through hard times, and in various things, and. Seeing him in that, seeing yeah, his faithfulness in his goodness in things when they're not going well and they right. didn't go the way you wanted them to, or mm-hmm. you betrayed by somebody and yeah that you trusted, or you know, all of I mean, I, that next 10 years was rich learning ground, but Isn't clearly, that- a little special one had <laughs> had to learn that he's, he's not a very godfather. <laughs> Isn't that
0: his kindness too? That even you saying like your biggest thing was fear around like big dark dangerous world so first he showed you no I am kind and I can give you all these things which gave you the faith to like okay well then I guess I need to figure you out when the danger still does come
1: exactly exactly which is always how he works you know yeah he he knows he knows each person and how to get you there and he knew with me it was like a little girl with her daddy, seeing, "Oh, he takes such good care of me. Mm. Why would I ever be afraid?" Yeah. And then, once that child grows up a little, matures a little. It's like, okay, but it's not always going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Life is not life. This side of heaven is yeah hard, and right? Different and broken and falling and yeah, you know. So,
0: I, our pastor Joby has a prayer that he says um, he prays a lot over our congregation, which is. Bless them or break them, whatever brings um, them to you, and it's always so unique. And you are, yours is such an example of like, even just like you said, those tiny little blessings of finding your keys when you feel forgetful, or all those things that he was blessing you along the way that brought you to him. So then, walking out those next seasons of life, you were already so close to him.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it um, and I think it also, you know, Jane would helped me see like she was like you know when you don't understand something your first reaction is anger mm. towards god yeah and i remember like as soon as she said it i was like yeah you're right <laughs> um and being so ashamed and mm. of that and she was like No, no no, no. he can handle your anger she's like it's yeah. just honest she's like he'd rather and she'd always say you you can, it doesn't do any good to hide your feelings from God because he already knows they're there. Yeah. So she's like, it, when you're angry with God, she said, it's, you're being honest. Mm. And I have, have a dear friend that would always be like, Oh, you make me so nervous when you get mad at God. <laughs> and I'm like, well, he can handle my anger. He knows me, you know? <laughs> and, um, and now I don't really, you know, now I'm in a different, even deeper walk right. with him. And I don't, that's, not my reaction at all.
0: Right. Ever. Yeah.
1: Um, and but I remember um I remember having a friend lose her husband and son in a car accident. And she's a very strong, strong believer. Um yeah. her son was Madeline's age and she lost her husband in a car accident on the way home from vacation. And I remember mm. I couldn't wait to find out if she was mad at God. Like that was my first question. And mm. I, I ran into a One of our mutual friends, and I said, Is she so mad at God? And she looked at me like so perplexed, and she goes, No, no, honey, she's not mad at God. And I was like, Really? Because all I could think of was, I would be right, definitely, you know. And so, literally, that was a pivotal point for me where the Lord took me to a new um, teaching season, yeah of learning how to not see the fallen and broken world as his fault. Mm. You know, it's our fault. Right. If we did this. Right. We created this mess. He's the only good thing. Yeah. In it. Um, and when you really understand that, you know, your mom getting cancer, your mom being taken yeah. at 56 years old. right? You know, there is no anger with God. There's only, Oh Lord, thank you that you made a way for her to live her best life now with yeah, you and healed, be home. Whole. Yeah. You know, like right. that's what it's all about is, mm. you know, so it really, it was quite the process, but he got me there mm. yeah. because I used to always blame him when things were, and now I have such a heart for people that think it's him doing the mean, doing the bad, doing the ugly. Yeah. Um, Because I I was, I thought the same thing. Yeah. You you don't know until you get to know him. And then you're like, we've had a lot of those conversations. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I know. And that's a big part of both you and I story, our own stories, but also our testimonies, I would say is my mom getting sick. And I think neither of us thought that would ever be a part
1: of the story
0: whatsoever her story is her story because she was so like. faithful
1: and exactly surrendered and
0: gosh isn't she just amazing and this is only part 1 we rarely get to sit down and revisit so many of these subjects and parts of our stories in such detail. So this was such a special treat. Please make sure you come back on Tuesday for part two. You really don't want to miss it. Also, please feel free to support Lara and her business on Instagram. Her accounts, as well as the shows, are in the show notes of this episode. I'd love for you to share this show with someone who you think would love this conversation and please rate and review it wherever you listen. This helps the podcast get in front of new listeners. Thank you again for your patience with me today. I cannot wait to see you back here next week.